We all have moments where we feel insecure. Without awareness, those moments of insecurity shape so much of our lives. Hi, I'm Chris McAllister, and I founded SightShift to help people like you and me, leaders and coaches, use the moments they feel insecure to transform their identity, their teams, and their culture. Listen in as I interview people around what it means to be the kind of leader who uses these moments to transform themselves. Oh, my friends, welcome. Oh, my God. We are here at the SciShift podcast, and uh, this one is going to be a rambunctious episode. I already know it. My friend Dan Rockwell in the house of Big Kitty Labs. Dan. Hey, good evening, folks. It's good to be here. So glad to have you here, man. So to set this up in a way of just giving people some context, uh, tell us what uh, you're about, what B Big Kitty Labs is about, and uh, we'll dive in from there. Well, um, First, I just want to say you look great. You know, today I just want to say you look good. I've got this kind of new thing I'm going on with here, a little bit of change, a little bit of revolution coming down. But yeah, Big Kitty Labs, what's that all about? Well, we're basically a uh, software development agency in the central Ohio area uh, that does um, A to Z uh, software development for uh, small businesses and startups, and enterprise companies, and we do research and R&D, and uh, we work with universities. We kind of do just about everything. Uh, we also do a lot of uh, design work, a lot of connecting. Um, I'm uh, I'm a little animated at times. Sometimes I look different than others. Sometimes my teeth are just so damn beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And so as you have these abilities, you have the ability to sort of apply humor uh, with context and a little bit of mastery and create connection. And that creates uh, momentum for everyone. Man, I, it, it, what's so fun for me is to to use the new format of the podcast to introduce people to uh, to to people that became close friends through the process of working together because I got to know their heart, their vision, and everyone shows up in their own way. But for those that are listening, Dan is animated and it's dope as fire. So people have to check out the the YouTube release or Spotify if we get the video on that. Um, and and it's such a great picture literally of what my experience with you has been like um you are like hooking up to a fire hose of the external future and the internal imagination yeah um and you you turn that stream on man it's awesome it's kind of funny it's like i do software development and that's what i'm known for but i'm really a um a futurist philosopher on next and then and i I really kind of focus around the, the core notion of manifestation, and that's sort of my, uh, that's the place that I uh, thrive in. That's the place that, that doesn't always make sense, you know, it's not, it doesn't cater to the business people, right? You know, there's a part of me that I'm very defiant on, uh, on the notion of why something exists other than the fact that the human came up with it decided it should you know what i'm saying so there's uh there's a little bit of a divinity just in a, the choice of what we brought into this world let alone whether or not it, it belonged in this world you know what I mean? mm. so i sort of celebrate that and um and whoever i connect to um you know kind of helps out i had a I had a really good friend the other day tell me that you know he said dan you are the journey you know, people come to sort of step through your aura to see a, 
a potential chance at things. And that's, that was, you know, that's, um, that's something you always know, but you don't realize until you actually sort of, you have to be in high frequency, though. It's just it's one of these things where it can't be a low-frequency sport. You have to get into some place that's got a high frequency in order to really see all the patterns that may actually tell you, you know, where stuff is going. Yeah, you're an aura and a slipstream. For me, it's like both. Yeah. And I think, tell me if this doesn't strike you as a comparison, or maybe I'm just trying to make myself cool like you. Uh, you use really software development yeah. as the vehicle to deliver yeah. these futuristic, expansive encounters with yeah. you that just yeah. the, the software development is the vehicle we're putting it into. Yeah. It's, is that a way of saying that? Yeah, it's kind of like, um, well, what's interesting, um, Chris, is I, I'm a remixer. Anything you give me, I remix. So, for example, most people want to come to me and give me their idea, so I remix up my head and I sort of tell them a perspective on it. When it comes to manifesting my own ideas, I've always been obsessed with the limits of my manifestation skill set, meaning what, where, where are my limits? And I will say that things were really pretty set in stone until about 2017, 2018, in terms of understanding what your limits were. And AI arriving on the scene is uh is really uh, is nuking that whole thing from orbit and it's just it's it's uh the level of uh means that we have today uh is 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 uh, tripling every 90 days and um the capability that's within you or what i would say sort of the prophecy of someone within them um is it gets you know you get you have more and more capacity than you ever had before yet you probably have no idea that it's there you know what i mean yeah Oh, man. Okay, so I want to connect a bridge and then make a comment about the capacity. The bridge to connect, because I still didn't get my cool points. I got to get those real quick. The same thing that you do with software development, I, I think of SightShift, that's what we do with leadership development. It's our way or my, or my way, but it's it's a team, so it's ours, both and, um, of being in a place where we get to expand the human capacity yep. as much as possible. Yep. Um, that's the, the vehicles, just leadership development. And uh, having worked with a few um, executives in robotics and coaching them, it has blown my mind on what's happening with AI. But you actually blow my mind on that more because you're like not committed to a specific strand yeah. or ideology in it. You're just like oh, yeah. touching all of yeah. it. Um, what would blow our minds the most right now that just people could could get in the slipstream of your futuristic yeah. abilities about AI? Well. Uh, probably one of the first things to re the first thing to probably keep in mindset is that whatever you think is possible is done. <clears throat> so that's the first thing to think about. Like you're thinking about, wouldn't it be cool if you could and just say done? It's like already done. Okay, and then <laughs> then the 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 next challenge is sort of to think about what you think would be impossible, but still sort of apply. So for example. I think it would be impossible that a building could rapidly change its physical texture based on my current feeling. Like, yeah, it could project the texture, but it couldn't change the actual atomic structure of the building. Now, I think that's impossible. And now what's really cool about that impossible is to sort of stop it in that time and try to think about what year you're in and try to think about how far you jumped and how 
uh, trying to figure out your context of where you're at versus where the future's at. Because if you can understand how close they are, really are together, the way I see it, and the way I think that more people will begin to see it. Um, one, mm. there's a gold rush already going on in terms of opportunity things out there. There mm. is um, there's more opportunities and downsides. Uh, there's less money mm-hmm. uh, out there for like the VC for you. However, there's less money that you need, right? Um, you know, so it, it's it's a it's a completely different. It's sort mm-hmm. of like we're going into the grand age of. Uh, yeah. um, Gorilla hustle, but it's you know, but with Jarvis. So you and Jarvis are dropped in the middle of L.A., you know, with five bucks, right, and unlimited bandwidth and a good phone, and you have ninety days yeah. to make as much money as possible. I'm willing to bet you that if you have a decent mindset, you could get, you could, you could yeah. do pretty good at that challenge. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's and that what's crazy is is that we can describe these things as like a TV show or game, but that would be something that we one we would all watch, right? <laughs> Two, we want to know about sort of the patterns of, you know, what they use in technology because the the, the technology is just getting it's getting more capable. But the question is, is are we capable yet? Like we yeah, have so many yeah. people that are probably not expanding into the mindset where they could even consider it and then the problem is is once they do consider it they're basically going to come back and give you a story from 1984 you know what i mean means they're not even in the era of their possibility and if they're a business owner i mean this is a huge thing they could miss the window of either a government money hanging out asking them to innovate which is definitely coming or more so b the fact that there's somebody already right mm-hmm. behind them that they don't see that's basically about to eat their trajectory, right? And then ultimately, they start to feel the squeeze, right? We can't seem to hire people, but at the same time, we have to let go of people. And then it's like, we got to sell that building. And you kind of go from having a great business to, well, at least the land is valuable. You know what I mean? Wouldn't that suck to sort of build this empire and then basically to only look at everything you've done from the value of what what's valuable on the land, not of the people and the sweat and of the imagination that was spent to manifest on that land. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I hear that from people. It's like, well, the land will be worth something. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you've already. I know, you've already given out. Sold the vision short. Yeah. You've already sold the vision short. And, and that for me is what's so powerful about, I think what you do with people, it's this way of waking them up to a, a, a more, consuming yeah, vision a I'm, more whole and i'm vision. constantly sort of like i'm sort of constantly dumbfounded and reminded by ai every day i feel like every day i wake up ai goes hey man how you doing i just want to let you know i learned how to do gymnastics uh somersaults and like this and if you want to do anything in that space i can do it for you i'm like okay well, that's kind of weird and then it'll come back next minute and oh by the way i learned how to not only produce reggae music perfectly, but they can do full uh, soundtrack orchestrations. And by the way, I'm free for like the first four years. You're like, okay. You know what I mean? So it's like every day I'm like, and it's, you know, it's what's funny is it's the same kid 
Hey, I comes over. Hey, I just want to let you know, Chris. I learned how to read all the all the religions, and I can actually sit down and actually assemble a full, you know, orchestra of people to debate with. If you want to talk with them tonight, you know, we'll just do our own Tim. We'll do our own six hundred year World's Fair tech talk at home tonight. If you're cool around seven, you know what I mean. It's like, you know what I mean? So it's like AI has this ability for you to just bridge things and you're getting more, there's, there's, and what's great is it's not controlled by anyone yet. And that's why it's really exciting. All the scientists are doing it. So everything is like, what's the business model? They don't care. They're just making, that is a great thing again. It's Renaissance. That's a Renaissance time. Yeah. Wow. Even it, it, it just happened again. You you took it somewhere that is even more exciting for me. You know, and street cred here for people listening. I remember us meeting meeting in a coffee shop. It was like early fourth of March, twenty twenty something, and you were like, "Chris, all the VC money for anything pre COVID is is like done. It's all changed. It's just already happened. It's done." And uh, it was so on point, man, with what we saw play out in the market over and over. But here's the thing that I feel so much. I have this creative generation within me. The more I learn how to step into the flow of ideation and the connection of ideas and where I'm interested in subjects, the more combinations occur, the more connections occur, all these nodes. And, And I feel like I'm able to conceive of, sketch out, and even produce an early shape to a creative work. And, and, and at that point, I'm like, man, I would love to have AI to hand this off to that would familiarize itself with my thinking and works, the hundreds of thousands of words I have around the topics I care about, and then go. And even probably more than that on the computer. Um, But what would be cool is something you just laid out. If I could generate all of these consciousnesses that I could have conversations with. Because I actually, this is a to-do list I just added to my to-do today for to repeat for a while. Yeah. My most expansive, thorough work that's unpublished, like yeah. it feeds me. So I want to go back and reread the notes I have on it because I don't hear people talking about these ideas. And I could produce this, these avatars yeah. to yep. converse with. Not only that, but you could, um, you could basically reread it and also sort of re-talk about it and sort of capture another transcript about what you wrote and then feed that into the to an ai type system that would then use that as a basis and let's say basically it creates a basis of McAllister one let's say shift one or whatever you want to call it and then you can add that to a base algorithm of sort of like general mental health wellness goodness right and then you can connect that to general, receptive, kind person, building rapport system. So now you have three modules that sort of relate to three different sort of AI models. You build them all under one. And now you have basically yeah. a version of your yeah. book or a version of your content. It's not, it's not 100% you, but it could be an interim you when you're not there hundred percent, you know? So these are the, these are the things that every company should be thinking about, especially companies right now that have a lot of legacy knowledge. Like they're the only company that makes the left-handed bolt for the 
XYZ company, right? They have legacy knowledge that's probably not codified really in a lot of books, and it's more between the practitioners of the space. Again, kind of stuff you're going to do too. So it's like that's really crystal tasty knowledge that should be captured over time, either via shows or everything else. And that's the era we're going into is uh, an era that says, whatever you would like to do, dear human, let me know and I will give you every AI tool possible to allow you to enable it yourself. And that's mm -hmm. actually going to hit the workforce. We see that already in the workforce problem because we have people deciding not to go back to work. Why? Well, because I figured out how I can do a hustle. And a lot of people think that's just the DoorDash economy, but it's not. It's uh, it's um, it's a decentralized approach toward hustle, meaning I can work on multiple things to work on to get whatever my requirements are to get by. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it's interesting. It's uh, we have a society shift happening alongside the um, sort of the new new uh, new world hustle. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's AI is not going away, and um, it's empowering everybody. Uh, and I think what's What's a little daunting for me sometimes is to think about how much it excites me. And I'm using a budget mm -hmm. of like less than a thousand bucks, right? So, you know, someone yeah. with uh, 10 million is having a blast. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are they doing, right? You know what I mean? The capability just goes through the roof. So, um, but then again, Chris, this is where the other thing happens is, is that access and capability doesn't always equate to, to a, a level of intrinsic creativity or, or novelty, talent, yeah. right? So it's, you need, you need a core talent to really yeah. manifest through the true arc. Like, if you don't have a core talent, all you really do is kind of shuffle, 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 shuffle. So part of our lives are still going to be based on that path to find out our core focus. But when you're ready, Jarvis and AI, man, boom, you could you could do a lot when you're ready. That human interface is what's going to be, you know, yep. uh, Anthony Bourdain, yep. the chef, right? So I would rather yep. have Anthony Bourdain's cooked steak behind a cheap backyard grill that's the cheapest of the cheap than somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. However, yeah. however, put Anthony Bourdain in a full yep. kitchen with the ultimate tools. Let's see what he might create. And really, AI yep. now is catching up with the human potential. Yeah. The the blistering speed that we can ideate on and create yep. and connect. Yep. And, and I don't mean just connect to people. I'm talking about connecting ideas. What for you do you find that like business leaders, founders, owners are coming to you and you're sad that they're 
the most limited by in their thinking? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, people right now are sort of in the squeeze of COVID and, mm. you know, just, a, I think people are going after what's, what's their obvious business sort of vector choice to stay alive versus put money in for R&D. There's not enough, enough people taking chances, you know what I mean? So if there's not enough people taking chances, it's hard to see. And it's, it's not to say, you know, like, we're doing the same thing. I mean, we all have to sort of, like, you know, sort of buckle down and get through this recession sort of kind of piece right here. But I will say that I think leadership is actually open to, to new R&D concepts because I think it's hard to, to avoid the new wave. Everything either happening on the crypto side you know, stuff around the NFT side, especially if you're in anything around hospitality or retail, yeah. you know, you're going to be leveraging that mechanism one way or another just because it's not going to go away. So you have to, but no, but not everyone's figuring out like the path. So there's a lot of sort of like kind of hang, uh, hunkering down. I'm in observation mode. Maybe we're in, let's refine our methods internally and you see that too in the ecosystem of the tools and we have no code tools and then we have a lot of there's a lot of new tools that are sort of they're bridgers they sort of they, they take this tool and they bridge to that tool and they bridge to this tool whenever an email goes out so there's sort of there's a new sort of modular thinking, a Lego modular thinking about things that's going on online. And that, but this is all happening for people that don't want to spend real money, right? And then the people that have money are, I'd say the mid-range folks are probably doing the most infrastructure changes to their technologies and their think platforms. The Fortune 500 folks are in a panic. In the sense, maybe I'd say the Fortune 1000 folks are in a panic mm. because they don't know what they need to be doing in order to stay relevant for the next, you know, three years. And a lot of that's going to be metaverse. Yeah. A lot of it's going to be augmented reality and VR. VR is probably being most widely adopted from a, sort of like an education, maybe benchmark perspective, but it's but it's not seen as like a, a way to sell just yet, you know, or something like that. It's seen more as an HR type of thing. And AR is still sort of being defined as a marketing gimmick, but it could be a very effective gimmick, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening there. What makes the future so attractive and compelling mm. to you? Why do you think you love leading um, to the future? I love the newness of discovery. I love the uh, I love the fact that I can get right on the horizon and sort of see the... Um, I love searching for just, you know, a word and a niche and the most, like, you know, I'm always looking at the last 90 days across everything. Um, and, and I look for the sites that sort of catch it. You see a lot of sites that are engineered to sort of propagate a message and you can tell those sites versus more authentic deep type site. I like to find people who are doing research and sort of doing their own exploration into a space and then becoming sort of an authority on that space. I love to find these sort of, you know, who are the new Jacques Cousteau's in, say, design? Who's the new Jacques Cousteau in, you know, quantum? You know, and I, I like to, where is the fine edge of the trend in technology? And then I also like to look at it in the fashion. You know, I like to go look in that space and go, okay, what's, what's sticky there? 
and then go look at architecture. Okay, what is happening in there? The AI tools, especially in the art space, allow me to really do, I could do rapid, I could do brainstorm manifestation now that I could never do before. Never should do before. You know, and it's uh, it's godly in my hands. You know what I mean? It feels <laughs> godly. It's like, it's one of these things where it's like, now that I have it, I will I'll never be, uh, be without it in a lot of ways because it allows me to connect with the AI and have an army of, you know, 7 million artists that will, some of them know, you know, the basics and then a lot of them know the abstract. And when you can get the AI to sort of explore the abstract with you, then you start connecting with the AI and you start to understand maybe how it thinks. Yeah. Which then allows you to think about more about not so much how you should think, but you should. it helps you start to think about how AI is going to work. They're very narrow. I mean, they're not all godly yeah. right now. You know what I mean? They're really specific in specific narrow categories. There is no generalized you know, AI out there sort of roaming. There are going to be some really amazing capabilities coming up. Like, for example, why are we coding anymore? When if we have an AI, why can't we just say, you know, imagine a company like Uber and it just builds it, all of it. You know what I mean? It knows enough about what the company is. It knows it probably has an app. These mapping stuff. Like it knows the parameters. Why am I coding anything? Why am I coding a website when I should just be able to tell the computer, go launch a website, make a cool. It's, you know, it's doing it for art so it can do it yeah, for code, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's what's coming next on the art side is the video side where we're going to get really, we're going to be able to be able to like describe a chase scene and say, well, do it in two renders. Give me a little bit of Scorsese, but also give me Lucas, except the 72 version, right? And it's going to like go and find that version of Lucas, right? You know what I mean? Because it can do that on still images. Exactly. I mean, for people that aren't aware, yeah. we're talking about Mind Journey, Dolly. What's the third one? Mind Journey the big three? And Dolly. Dolly 2. Uh, and then the big one now is Stable Diffusion. Supposedly, Stable Diffusion is a, a version of Dolly 2 that's been sort of leaked or available to the public now. Or yeah, and so what's so. shocking to me, even in, like, corporate spaces, yeah. they're not even familiar with GTP3 <laughs> and what's available for copy exactly. ideas. Much exactly. less what's happening totally. five stages beyond that. And well, that's what I mean. You're, you're going to yeah. be so and, behind. And it's not to be negative so at behind. all, but I remember like when I started traveling around and speaking more to companies and I would just start asking like, and this is before like the big future waves hit. Do you know who Seth yeah. Godin is? Do you know who Tim Ferriss is? And, and you know, this is like mid 2010s and, and they didn't, mm -hmm. you know? So, so there was a conversation that was happening that they weren't even yep. connected to. And so, yeah, if, if people are listening to this, Yes. Yeah. If people are listening to this and going, wow, I'd love to, mm -hmm. to, to tap into this some more, what would be the top place you would send them other than of course your Twitter spaces? Yes. My Twitter spaces. Uh, well, I would say just hit me on email first because I am trying to build, you know, I am trying to do a new network. I have a, a new pet project I'm working on called the syndicate, uh, which is a, a group online that I've sort of formed up um with a, a actually a group of comics it started as a group of comics uh first and then it has expanded and we're up to probably 60 70 members now with a lot of good success stories of how we help each other um but probably you know finding me online dan at the kitty obviously and then 
lose his beak. Um, that's probably the best way because I really want to know what you're trying to do. So I, you know, one problem that I think everyone has in this space, and I'm, I do this all the time too, is like, I'm always looking for the better shinier tool. Um, and sometimes you can go through five of them before you find out whether or not you ever find what you're looking for, right? So um, I think the best thing to do is tell me what you're looking for, and then um, I definitely would have recommendations. And then you can always explore the space, too. I mean, there's there's so much out there, but I do have favorites, you know, yeah. and reasons why. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I want a, a thoughtful question that I have to ask you to put some skin on, so to speak, people connecting to who you are, and then a fun question. Thoughtful question is, because a lot of the people that listen to this are familiar with Site Shift, figure that shift out. You yep. know, you could have a project manager in Colorado, uh, you know, yep. somebody in Finland, everybody, wherever. And and they might hear this yep. episode and be like, okay, so Dan is who he is. But to, to show that we're all human, yep. you know, you went through the process with me a number of years ago. What What drew you to do that work and what still stays with you today as a result? Well, I will say that, I, you know, I'm changing. Software development is something that I'm I'm familiar with and I'm always going to be aware of mm -hmm. and I'll be able to sort of be in that space. But I'd say the love is moving and that's being reflected in how I'm sort of my new approach on companies a little bit is I really believe in, uh, you know, I believe in a couple of things. One, we're in sort of in the eternal now. And if you understand your means at the now, you have a lot of things that are in your book of wonder of like, would I ever do that? And there's a part of me that says, why not do more things at the same time versus focus? <laughs> and I think focus is really should be directed at the soul, less the soul and, and, and maybe your, mm -hmm. your current manifestation goal. But if you can build a parallel mindset in terms of how you execute concepts, then it starts to make sense to put things uh, on the conveyor belt in my mind. So because I love media and because I love stories and that's how I sort of got into a lot of this, I'm building that side of the business alongside the kitty side of the business. And there's two funnels there and that kind of works, right? Um, and then the other piece I'm trying to do is more on my personal side where I'm sort of replicating my art and exploring the stand-up comedy space, which is, you know, also connected to my books, which I'm actually trying to wrap up a, a book right now too. And it's like, I think the, the biggest pursuit I have is the manifesting of now. So I'm sort of, every day I, I sort of have a new benchmark of three things to make. I don't care what they are, but you will always manifest. You will continue to manifest and you will you question less. We've destroyed so many things because we second guess or it's not on brand. What we don't realize is that for every moment we debate whether or not we're on brand, our customers actually debate it times a thousand, right? Because we debated, right? 
So if we if we lose yeah. the relevance, if we lose the temperature in people's lives, then you know, it's you're already cold again, right? So you 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 had to get to the center and connect and everything else. So I'm trying to focus more on that, and and I think with the the softer development is going to always be part of me, but that's not what gets me out. What gets me up in the morning is the newness that I can have and how I can celebrate it. That's that's one of my first ways of manifesting from like my group of friends online is I've created a video series, right? I created this true degen tales which is just a way of sort of reframing my friends through movies and telling of the of the complexities of our lives but now that we're up to like 12 trailers it's like this is something right we've manifested something and that's cool you get momentum from the manifestation, you get the momentum. No one's asking you about whether or not the business, we don't care about the business models. If a hundred people showed up in your backyard every day and put on a, a, a barbecue, would you question that? Or would you just accept the divinity that you've been chosen, right? Lean into that moment. Yeah. One of the, the one video you had tagged me on, I retweeted. I was like, that's the most validating video ever. <laughs> it spoke to every issue. <laughs> and, and because I am in the slipstream of Dan's consciousness, just to connect the dots, uh, what I've heard you comment yeah. on is what drew you to the work that we yeah. did together and what you were doing already and what you've yeah. continued to do is this idea of expansion. Yeah. You're you know there's more in you to give to the world. So glad to hear about the book. Yeah. That's awesome. What what was the big takeaway from our work together that that you think people that are listening oh, to this that have been through the program could be yeah, encouraged dude. with? I think the big thing is, you know, the first thing, Chris, is that you were just like, you're open for like whatever came through the pipe. I think when the first time you sit down with a CEO coach like you, you know, there's a nervousness of like, sort of like what information is going to be relevant to the conversation? Like, is it, is it just this problem with the company? Mm-hmm. Is it my current drinking problem or is it my stress? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's like you, you have to, you know, you're in a confessional at first. Right. And that's a hard thing to do as a leader because, um, you're used to compartmentalizing so many things and worried about them, you know, later on like you know what i'm saying like everyone will get in that chopper and they will fly back to the base and be fine now you have to go back in the forest and find your legs and your left arm you know what i'm saying it's like you know what i mean you're you're used to that side of the burden so one was the fact that you were able to help me get to that stage where i could share and then i think the one thing that always stood out to me the most is that prince child uh child that i forget that piece but camel lion child yeah 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 because i i really feel like my biggest takeaway from those sessions was that i was moving to more Mm -hmm. of a teacher stage right that i was moving toward more of a i want to tell people what they're thinking and 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 you know what i'm thinking i guess 
And that's really played out to be very true. Mm-hmm. And so what's, what's great is that, you know, I have a, I think we go through our life trying to find a basis of confirmation. We do it through our degrees. We do it through the people that we, we, we form relationships, who we, we decide to marry, what car we decide to drive. In a lot of ways, you know, you help me, help me create a foundation for who I'm supposed to be next. Mm-hmm. It helped me confirm my own intuitions around that, but also helped me understand that, you know, there are still some fixed things in this universe, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, um, I can overthink my physics, so you kind of help me keep my physics in check. And then at the same time, like, you know, you're kind of brutal mm-hmm. on, like, you know, yeah, dude, you know, you can keep playing with that, keep juggling with that <laughs> axe, and eventually it's going to cut your hand off. You know what I mean? And, you know, sometimes your clients will be stupid and be like, yeah, I'm going to keep playing with it. And you're like, yeah, I know. And then, yeah. you know, <laughs> your hand's cut off. And you're like, ah, oh, fine. You know, and then you're there going like, all right. Now let's talk about why that hurt, you know. And <laughs> so it's like... um because we're not, you know, believers. We're stubborn. We we there's a reason why we got to the way we got. And then it wasn't, you know, it was shortly after that that I decided to step back from the company, you know, and realize what I, you know, and that was there were so many things that we just didn't know. We still didn't know, but that's okay. Like we, what was great is we didn't know anything, and we got you know, 20 years into the business or seven, or 15 years. You know what I mean? That's a huge thing, right? So, huzzah. Like, most people die at year six. Yeah. You made it, right? Yeah, we- and then the second is, you know, you never spent a dime on marketing and you're still here. Okay, that's interesting. The third is, you know, you're, there was just good things we had, you know, and it was a lot of it was connected to our collective passion. And as my passion shifted, I felt like I was, you know, doing a disservice to the company. When in reality, I was just actually moving to the next thing I was supposed to do. It's all right there, dude. Yeah. You helped me, you helped me get through that, man. I, I Again, I absolutely, I, I wouldn't be this way. I wouldn't be animated like this if it wasn't for you, Chris. You know what I'm saying? Dude, you're... You helped me get my voice out. You're, it's so encouraging to hear that because I know for me what was such a delight. And I think this is really cool to emphasize with people when we went into like the imaginative part of the work, like you were totally tracking on the pattern stuff where, and it's a little bit what came up in the Twitter spaces, Robert Keegan's stuff. That's socialized mind, self-authoring, self-transforming. That is Camel Lionchild. And I'm just connecting dots there. But when we went into the imaginative piece, what, what happened was you were already traversing that territory. And so that for me was so rewarding because it's like, Oh, I know this. I come here often and now we're yep. focusing this work in a beautiful way to, to, you know, get all the juice out of it we can. And that speaks a ton to your ability to, to be fluid. Uh, speaking of fluids and fluidity, uh, tell me what your favorite tiki drink is, because I know you're a tiki drink master, and why they can't make one at a restaurant. And it's not an actual tiki My drink. My favorite tiki drink is a suffering bastard, gin-based tiki drink that's a rare thing in the tiki world 
It's it's got cucumber, it's got gin, it has a little bit of rum, and it has a little bit of something else. Um, but it's super yummy. If you drink like three of those things, and you'll be just good to go. Um, and uh, or not go. <laughs> yeah, I actually you I would you're not going to be able to find it or. or I would not even recommend a bartender to even try it unless they have done it. But the, there is a tiki bar up in Powell yeah. that makes it. Um, I forget that place, uh, the, that one up there, but it's at the Haik, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, that's one. Of, that's probably one of my favorite drinks. The, um, you know, you can't go wrong with a Mai Tai. And restaurants think they're making a Mai Tai, but they're not, because why? What now? Well, you, restaurants think they're making a Mai Tai very often, and they're not, because why? Oh, Educates. God, they're not. Well, one, they're not using the right rums. They're not using the right ratios. They're not using fresh juice. They're not using the right organ. Yeah, I mean, there's just an abomination across the board. Don't do that. You're, <laughs> you're better off going just an old fashioned and praying to God that they got that right, you know? Yeah, no, I think if you're going to do tiki, you got, I mean, you want to go to. Well, here's a couple. Here's a couple of surefire ways. One, go to a classic downtown bar or someplace that has a hip younger crowd that, that might, you know, where the drinks are definitely fifteen each or something like that. Sometimes you can tell if the drinks are seventeen each, they better be able to do a seventeen freaking my tie. Otherwise, they should be strangled. Right, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then the other Incredible. drink to get to, which, which should be good if you're doing tiki stuff, is like, well, of course, the zombie. I mean, the zombie, you can't go wrong with that. I mean, that's got, you know, four different liqueurs in it, but um and that's another thing on my list, Chris. I got. I have a. I actually have a cocktail book. It's called uh, "Return of the Gypsy Queen," where um, it's about a guy who he gets captured by a, a gypsy queen, and then he's forced to be a mixologist whenever they go out on the fair, and he makes all his drinks up on the original. So. Yeah, that would be fun. You got to make. I know. May they, may they build the AI that can plug into you and mine, our creativity, and keep up. Let's freaking go. It's actually evolving because on Twitter Spaces we've been working as a group to actually build a platform along the way. So we've been actually building a a, a transcripting tool, and then like it, you know, harvests your your content, and it's. It's really exciting to see just the progression of things happening regardless of, uh, and that's why I think it's going to be interesting is we're going to get into, you know, execution is collapsing, 
But at the same time, there is sort of this notion of the multi-threaded. You're going into a multi, multi-threaded existence where more things are cascading and happening. And like once you get, you know, you know, you see that with people in financial literacy. Like once they cross over a threshold level where they understand their risk and safety sort of correlations and they fall into the positive favor, their whole mindset changes in terms of enablement, right? So there's there's different trends I can see online of what people are trying to focus people on. And it's cool to see that empowerment is at the center of it all. It's happening. I want to close yeah. with a description and I want to see what it, how it speaks to you. Hopefully it doesn't feel reducing, but connecting. Um, you, to me, when I hear you talk about the future, it's like listening to Alan Watts talk about expansive potential. You are like the Alan Watts of future and technology. How does that land with you? That's actually great. I love watching uh, Alan Watts. I watch him a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, I that... mean, uh, you know, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, you kind of turned me onto that when I would talk a little bit. You would sort of tell me, oh, that's a lot like this or like that. And uh, another friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, Mark, I would talk with him a lot about stuff, and he's like, "Oh, you're, uh, oh, that's uh, that's Lazale. You're giving me Lazale <laughs> that." And so I'm always sort of being connected to like another great philosopher, yeah. and so a lot of ways I feel like I'm a I thread from all of them in some ways because I I'll mention things and and there'll there'll be sort of like a truth that was from someplace, but I never heard it before. You know what I mean? I didn't riff on totally. that. It was it's an it's another translational aspect pulling so i i love that but at the same time i also feel like i'm a i'm a noob because it's kind of like it's like you meet some kid who's like man he knows all of the darth vader lines but he's never seen star wars you know what i mean like that's not something that's easily understood dude <laughs> uh, no i mean the thing for me is i have to putting books out there I, I say things that I discovered, just like I know you're discovering it. I felt it. I conceived it. I received it. Maybe is a better way yeah, of saying it. Exactly. Um, but but I might find where somebody said it a different way or a similar way because yeah. really that's what's happening. And the reason I want to be a practitioner yeah. and not an academic is because I want to say it yeah. how I want to say it and not have to footnote it because it hit me in my head and heart. Yeah. And we track on a yeah. similar path, yeah. I know, on this. And so I think I would say it this way. We yeah. need your voice to keep us from our mediocrity mm -hmm. and small thinking, mm -hmm. the slipstream of Dan's consciousness. Yeah, and what's what's great is that I've reached a point where I've recognized that I need my voice. Mm. So I've I've gotten to the point where it's like, you know what? Where is my book? I got to go write that damn thing. You, you know do. what I mean? You do. So that's that's what's exciting. And I got to say, once I got on Twitter spaces and started talking to more, I got just so many people, Chris, would just say, you know, Dan, I just have to tell you that you have an exceptional mind. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that is just something. It helps me see that the frequency isn't localized. That's, that's probably one of the bigger takeaways is that my frequency can reach if it gets in the right medium. But if you don't get outside your local medium, you may actually think your frequency is your local medium. And that is not correct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's too many people, I think, suffering. Yeah. Because they haven't found yeah. the frequency within, the local medium within, so they can courageously have a secure identity and go out and build their community. Correct. 
you and I are are seeking to do that and build that community, but it's got to be built on the foundation of people who have come to the conclusion, right. I need to have my own voice. Yeah. The purity, the unfiltered, unshameable part of who I am. And Dan, this was such a treat. I'm so glad you came on. People that want to find you, we've talked about Twitter and you gave me your email. Can you tell them your Twitter and email one more time? Yeah, in case they want to, uh, I'm, mine, get that. I'm at floozyspeak.com. That's right. F-L-O-O-Z-Y-S-P-E-A-K. I'll explain that to you someday. And then Dan at BigKittyLabs.com. Uh, Beautiful. You can find me there. Sweet. Thank you for being here, Chris, my friend. Chris, thanks for having me, man. So much. Always. Thanks so much for being here. You know that self-leadership is difficult. And as you listened, if you found within yourself a desire for more awareness for yourself, your team, or your culture, or the people that you would guide as a coach, you can find more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T-Shift.com to take the next step.